Let's talk about But God, Part C. Oh, the providence of God. Psalm 73 and 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God, there it is, is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, I I can testify to this growing up poor and in the projects, uh, mother growing up, uh, raising five kids, no father around, uh, no child support, uh, mother mentally disturbed. And uh, but she had enough about her where she always said God would provide. And boy, did he ever. I should never have made it out of those projects. But by the grace of God, but God, he helped me. He blessed me. He encouraged me. He led me. He guided me. And I, I can only say, but God. Somehow, despite little to no income, all of us survived. We didn't win the lottery, uh, nor did we have wealthy relatives or donors, but we got by. And it was God's own version of manna. I, I remember after growing up and getting married and wanting to buy my first home with my wife. I believe we were like 23 years old. Uh, and, and boy, what a story. John Glass was a realtor. Never heard of him before, never heard of him after. And I made an appointment with him to see a home in Linwood. And I tell you, here's the but God story. It was raining cats and dogs. And I'm coming from Pasadena, coming from the police department. And uh, I, the traffic was horrendous. It was horrible. I ended up being an hour and a half late because I had to pick up my wife first from Long Beach and then drive back to Linwood. When we got there 90 minutes later, we saw a car coming down the street. And I said, oh boy, he, he's not going to be there. I mean, it's 90 minutes, come on, and in the rain. And all of, we went to the house, and sure enough, he wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, that car we saw go up the street, made a U-turn, and came back down the street, and stopped at this house. Oh boy. 3614 Walnut in Linwood. And he came up and he says, you must be the wares. And I says, yes, we are. And I says, you must be John Glass. And it was like looking at an angel. It really was. And he spoke so kindly. He wasn't upset about the, the weight. And as uh, soon as we looked at the house, we said, oh, my God, we want it. We want it. And he said, well, it's going to be uh, $10,000 down. And we went through all the ramifications. I don't want to go through all that with you. But I said, you know what, uh, we, we don't have the money, but we'll get it. I, I probably have about maybe 4000 but I'll get it. And, uh, boy, we tried every which way we could to get that money. We went to friends, Christian friends, ministers, what have you, uh, and nobody. Nobody would budge. And I said, I got to get this money. And so I went back and I, I called John Glass and I said, I know you gave me a time limit to get this money, but I'm struggling to get it. And I believe the lady who used to live there, I think her son was a pastor. And I actually heard him on the phone tell John Glass, well, if they don't have the money, then they can't have the house. They must not be qualified. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I kind of wish I hadn't heard that. And this is what John Glass, the realtor, told this pastor uh, owner's son. He said, well, you know what? 
you were going to give me $10,000. How about this? How about I'll give you the $10,000 and they can just pay me back? And this is what the president, well, if you want to take chances with these young people, that's up to you. But either way, I've got to get my money. And I'm like, wow. And so John Glass said, okay, fine. That's the way it'll be then. So he he, he turned around and he said, listen, I'm going to pay the $10,000 down and you guys pay me back. And so I said, fine. So we bought this house. This man who didn't know us, let us borrow $10,000 from him. He said, don't worry about the other four. Just you keep that and you go and I'll just, I'll pay the 10. And so I worked overtime to pay. in six months. I had this guy pay. I'm sending checks to where he told me to send them. And so as a matter of thank you, the wife said, well, we got to give some flowers or something, a nice card and what have you. And so I called his office and I said, listen, now this is where I've been sending the money and the checks were being cashed. I said, I want to, and oh, by the way, he brought his wife and we met her. Nice folks. Oh, nice as they could be. And he had to be, oh my gosh, probably in the, he looked to be in the 60s. And so I I called the office and I said, hi, I'd like to speak to John Glass. And they said, John who? I said, John Glass. They said, this is no realtor's office and we don't know a John Glass. I said, but I've been sending money there. They said, sir, you haven't been sending money here. This is not a realtor's office. And I figured, oh my God. Oh my God. And I called around, I checked the phone book. And this is, this is back in the the 80s, the early 80s. So this is long before Google and all that. Do you know we never found John Glass again after we paid him his last payment? No, there wasn't no fraud. The, the, everything, all the paperwork was done. Everything was done proper and decent and in order. But once we paid him his last payment, he absolutely disappeared. Do you know what? I believe, and my wife believes to this day, this was a but God moment. This was an angel. And I tell this story all the time because I still can't believe it. And we've been living in, in another house now in Ontario that we bought for the last 38 years. And I'm still telling this story. But God. The goodness of God is real. And whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, whether you want to read your Bible or not, whether you want to hear a testimony or experience it yourself, the goodness of God is real. And if you want to see God's glory, as Moses did in Exodus 33, 18, then Moses said, now show me your glory. God will show you his goodness instead as he did in verse 19 and 20 with Moses. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me. And live. This is a big thing. It's a big thing about God and it's extremely important. God is so full of compassion and so full of grace. So this is the place where we should begin when our hearts are troubled 
as we are right now with all of this COVID and the elections going on and so much issues, so many issues going on in our homes and our families because we're spending so much time together because a lot of us are working from home now or maybe we're not even working at all because we lost our job. This is a time where we need to be dealing with God in his compassion and in his grace. When we are struggling and when we fail to find an answer for what we're dealing with, we need to call and depend on God. Sometimes when things get far out of our control, we just need to know that we can rely on the goodness of God. Does that mean we're not going to go through things? No, we're going to go through things. But God is going to be there with us, helping us through those things. Psalm 73, Asap. Oh, Asap was a song leader. He was an official in the church. And he said, I, I had to trust God's goodness because I was depressed. With all the evil that was going on, it sounds like today, I know. He said, it literally distressed me. And he said to God, what in the world is going on here? Look at Psalm 73. He says, how good God is to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, oh, I came so close to the edge of the cliff. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I was envious of the prosperity of the proud and the wicked. And let me throw in this parenthetically. It seemed like all those who were doing wrong were doing fine and were getting richer and all those who were trying to do the will of God were getting poor. What is going on? That was the parenthetic part. Now let's get back to the scripture. Verse four. Yes, all through life, their road is smooth. They grow sleek and fat. They aren't always in trouble and plagued with problems like everyone else. So their pride, their pride sparkles. Oh, yeah, like a jeweled necklace. And their clothing is woven of cruelty. Parenthetically again, all they can think of to do is brag about how good they are and, and how much they have. Because everything's going fine for them despite the fact that they have put God out of their mind. Seven says these fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff at God and threaten his people in verse eight. How proudly they speak. They boast against the very heavens and their words struck through the earth. And so God's people are dismayed and confused and they drink it all in like, what's going on, Lord? Does God realize what is going on, they ask? Look at these men. They're of arrogance. They never have to lift a finger. Theirs is a life of ease. And all the time, their riches multiply. Wow. Have I been wasting my time? This is verse 13. Why take the trouble to be pure? All I get out of it is trouble and woe every day and all day long. If I had really said that, I would have been a traitor to your people. And yet it is hard to explain it. This prosperity of those who have nothing to do and want nothing to do with the Lord. In fact, they hate the Lord. Wow. Wow. Asap just laid it out there. Is that how you feel? 
Is that how you feel? After a very difficult time, Asaph reached the conclusion. You know what that conclusion was? He said, I have to trust in the goodness of God. Because all this other stuff, oh, I'm troubled. It took him a minute. But he got there. Sometimes we have to check ourselves. Are we being envious? Or is there really a problem? You see, envy is on the Lord's list like pride. And we can't have that and have peace at the same time. Envy is cold and calculating. It, it makes us, its perpetrators never enjoy anything and, and, and rarely confess anything. Are we being like them? Envy is not simply about what we lack. It's about what they have, like in verses two and three. To watch evil people prosper while mocking God, like in verse three and four, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, I'm looking at them getting everything and don't want to have nothing to do with God. And I've got God, always had God, want more of God. And yet I can't get a leg up in this world. Wow. Asap began to doubt God. Yeah. Instead of trusting his goodness. And then Asap determined that we ought to be repaying God for his goodness and kindness Instead of making comparisons, yes, the spirit of the Lord began to speak to Asaph because God realized what he was wrestling with. To rid himself of these awful feelings that were dragging him into the rabbit hole. Yes, yes. Uh huh. Asaph had to return to the sanctuary of God to realize this. I don't mean to a building. I'm talking about to a place spiritually. And this is what he said in verse 17. Then one day I went into God's sanctuary to meditate. And I thought about the future of these evil men. What a slippery path they're on. And suddenly God will send them sliding over the edge of the cliff and down to their destruction. An instant end to all their happiness, their so-called happiness, an eternity of terror. Yeah, yeah. See, th this is what they have for now. Ours, we're planning for later. They're just planning for now, and they're going to come to an end. Their present life is only a dream. They will awaken to the truth as one awakens from the dream of things that never really were. Verse 21 says, when I saw this, what turmoil filled my heart. I saw myself so stupid and so ignorant. I must seem like an animal to you, O oh God. But even so, you still love me. You are holding my right hand. And you will keep on guiding me all of my life with your wisdom and counsel. And afterwards, receive me into the glories of heaven. Asaph had to realize and recognize God was God, not him. Wow. He also had to realize that now 
is not all there is. He had to realize that the justice of God would prevail in the end. And that the end of the wicked is up to God, not us. Yes, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking to you. Don't pray for them to get theirs. Pray that God's will be done. And pray that God shows you his goodness so you can get through these hard times while you watch them, quote unquote, do ugly things and just continue to lift them up to the Lord and say, Lord, have your way. Now, if that's God's justice and his way, you ain't got nothing to do with that. But don't pray for wrong and harm on anyone. Instead of envy, they actually deserve our pity. You see, they're so busy thinking about what they have and what they've acquired, they're forgetting who gave it to them. They're forgetting the provider. Hmm? Instead of you concentrating on, 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 on the blessing, you ought to be thankful for the blesser. And ASAP needed to get closer to God in the sanctuary to have his but God moment. And then verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And I desire no one on earth as much as you. But my health fails, my spirits droop, and yet my God remains. Wow. He is the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. But those refusing to worship God, they will perish. For he destroys those serving other gods. Small g. 28 says, but as for me, I get as close to him as I can. I have chosen God. And I will tell everyone about the wonderful ways that he has and continues to rescue me. Oh, my God. You see, the point ASAP is making is extremely important. What we have in God is far more significant than what we get from God. Did you hear that? This is a problem many of us have, especially in the United States. We, 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 we're so busy looking at what we can get from God, we're forgetting what we have in God. We get content by the accumulation of things, but we never get satisfied. It's like eating salted peanuts. It just leaves us thirsty for more drink. That's the game the bar plays. That's why we keep ordering drinks. God's goodness is about who he is. Not about what he does or what he provides. It's just who he is. And he will never leave us or forsake us. God is. God is life. God is breath. God is help. God is strength. And God is hope. Oh, my God. Paul said in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish 
by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Don't think anybody's getting away with anything. Just leave it to God. It's not up to you. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Paul and Asaph had to learn through hard lessons that God is enough. And his general goodness supersedes what he does for us. Let us pray. Father in the heaven, oh my God, Lord, we thank you right now for your goodness, your kindness, your majesty, and your power. And Lord, we are in a world that is confused, that is evil, that has waxed worse since biblical days. But hold our hand as you have. Help us through it. Give us peace. Give us comfort. Guide us. Lead us. And when we get down and out from what we see, from all those around us who don't know you, don't want to know you, don't care to know you, but they seem to be prospering and doing just fine, that's not our business. We just ask that you hold our hand and help us to make it through. Help us in our marriages. Help us raising our families. Help us on our jobs. Help us to get a job. Help us in our finances. Help us in our relationships. And then help us to spread the goodness of Christ, your gospel. How wonderful you've been to us. We have a testimony. Help us to share it. In the name of Jesus, this is our prayer. We thank you for the answer and the blessing. Amen. This is Faith Word Finding Ministries, weekly encouragements by Namware. God bless you. to him be